Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tim. So today I actually have my first guest on, which is Nick White. Nick, thanks for joining me, man. Been looking forward to this. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem, man. So honestly, right now, I feel like some people might not know you. They might not have seen you on the YouTube space before. We met was probably three months ago, four months ago. You like were reached out for a video. Um, and I just want to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself and talk about what it is you do, like what your YouTube channel is about and stuff like that before we get into the podcast. Uh, yeah. So I have a YouTube channel. I do, um, I've started out doing like, I mostly do like technical interview prep, uh, like algorithm solutions, explaining stuff like that, like, um, lead code, hacker rank and stuff. But, uh, you know, I started doing a little bit of extra stuff now I'm building like little fun projects like you do and stuff like that. Awesome, man. Yeah. So um, Nick and I, like Nick reached out to me, yeah, probably, yeah, three months ago. I'll let you explain the video because I forget exactly what it was about. Uh, but I'd seen one of his videos when I was actually looking at doing interview prep. So I was had this job interview at Microsoft and I was looking at like, okay, Lee code, like how do I get good at programming questions? And some of his videos came up and I watched some of them and they were really valuable. And he reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to do this video? I'm asking like, you know, some YouTubers. Uh, I'll let you explain in a second, but anyways, we chat, we kind of, you know, got along, had a good time, so I figured we'd bring him on, and we talk about, you know, coding questions, talk about whiteboarding interviews, his opinion on, you know, a CS degree as he was uh, in college and did all the CS courses and all that, and, and yeah, so do you want to explain what that video was, Nick, because I forget exactly what it was, but I'm sure you have a better idea. Yeah, it actually didn't end up doing that well, which kind of sucked, because I tried pretty hard on it, but it was, um, yeah, it was kind of just like... I think I got like 10 different people or more than that, but a lot of uh, just different engineers that did like had different paths in life and stuff like that. And it was like, um, yours, you had like a cool channel and stuff like that. So I was just try trying to get like different types of people and uh, so that they could explain like why, how they got into computer science, why they like it. Um, and then give, you know, some advice and stuff like that for beginners and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So that was, I mean, like I was excited to do that video. I thought it was going to do better, but that's all right. I mean, the people that watched it hopefully got some good stuff out of it. So anyways, um, to kind of start us off here, I just want to ask you how you got into coding. So I know that like, you know, you went through all the college courses. Now I think you have a job. Do you want to maybe actually just say like, what are you doing right now for work? Were you working like at any of these big tech companies? I know you've passed some offers like coding interviews um, at what was it? Uber and Google or something like that. So do you have a job right now? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually employed at like a few different places. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of all over the place with like working and stuff like that. I've been sick for like a month, so I uh, haven't really been doing much, but um, I'm employed at a bunch of different companies. Uh, I'm like an actual employee at one company. I'm, I'm friends with, dude, I don't know. It's really, <laughs> uh, it's really like comp complicated, yeah. I guess, but um I have a lot of friends and connections in Buffalo and stuff like that. I know a lot of people who run companies. I can get, basically get work and work at a bunch of different companies whenever I want to building, you know, different things and stuff like that. Just cause a lot of people I've worked with in the past know me as a good engineer and stuff like that. Yeah. So I can move around. I have a lot of flexibility and I like that because I do the, I do YouTube and um, I'm kind of focusing on that at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, for sure. So you work as a uh, software engineer then. So do you do yeah. like web development stuff or back? Like, is there a specific thing that's kind of your area or you just kind of do whatever? 
I, I'm, I really have done, I've had like, I've worked at a lot of different positions. So I've done like research, I've done machine learning, I've done mobile development, web development. I've done every, most of the, mostly everything you could do. Oh, wow. Okay. So I guess that actually probably leads me nicely into this question then. How did you get into coding and programming? So I know like you did four years in college, um, but how, uh, like, were you programming before that? How'd you pick that? I just want to kind of get into your journey and compare it maybe to mine and see if there's any similarities. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, mine's, I didn't really, I wasn't like one of these like kids that was like into it uh, in high school or whatever. I was actually a pretty uh, bad student in high school. Um, but I remember one of my friends at the end of high school was like saying how he was doing computer science cause you can make some money from it or whatever. And, uh, senior year, I started doing like code Academy. That was like the main thing when I was a senior in high school. I remember that was like huge. Um, one of the only coding platforms. So I was doing that and I got really into it, like listening to music and stuff like that. It was kind of fun. Um, and then I, yeah, I mean, once I got into college, I took it really seriously. So you just like you weren't super into it, but like you knew in high school that like you liked coding, put the music on, did these uh, code academy sessions, then just really got into it in uni is what you're saying. Yeah, like the H the website uh, development course, like I picked it up easily. Like HTML is like um, pretty easy, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you can just like I was watching things pop up on the screen in real uh, in real time. I was like, wow, it's like this easy, you know. Yeah, that sounds very similar to me, to be honest. I mean, not in terms of like the journey but in terms of html like i think everyone i mean i feel like everyone starts with like basic web development i don't know many people that start programming and like their first language especially if they're doing it on their own is like some crazy like back-end language like so many people know yeah. just html css like the basic web development framework and for me that was the same thing you said like i just noticed i'm like whoa i can type like h3 and like a header pops up in my web browser like that's amazing like what else can yeah. i do and that just really drew me in so is that like the stuff? So what do you like? Is that what you found exciting about coding? I just try to get an idea from people that have been successful, have gotten jobs, um, like why they really got into coding to start, especially if, you know, they didn't have a strong influence from like their parents or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, dude, the, the you saw the social network. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how good is that? Movie, right? <laughs> it's an amazing movie, man. I've seen no, it too I mean, many I, times. I feel like you, I mean, really, if you ask a lot of people, a lot of people probably saw that movie and so thought it was cool. Um, same here. I mean, I saw that movie. I was like, this is cool. You hear about all these people making these apps and becoming super successful. You see that movie. I've seen a couple other movies that were pretty cool. I mean, being smart and stuff just seems, you know, cool. I like cool things, I guess. And like, <laughs> you know, websites, apps, building coding coding is cool dude you know like i don't know for sure no i feel that that's to me it's like a super cool interesting skill like you by yourself can just sit on a computer make whatever you want there's no rules there's no like you just do yeah. whatever you want like your imagination for sure yeah it's uh it's very stimulating to the mind especially if you enjoy doing it like if you enjoy problem solving and you have that like click moment at the end uh, and maybe we can talk about that with the whiteboarding interviews too, because I know you're a big guy with uh, like the coding question. I see you posting all these videos on YouTube. So I assume that you enjoy doing those programming questions, right? Yeah. Um, I enjoy some of them. Um, yeah, I enjoy, I do enjoy, I guess it depends on the, the mood. Yeah. Sometimes I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I guess. Yeah. If you're not in the mood of just thinking really hard for like an hour and a half, maybe yeah. not, but I know what you mean. Some of them can be really boring and like, you know tough to figure out but some of them can be fun for sure yeah i guess i would agree with that 
Um, okay, so what I wanted to ask you, because I recently did a podcast, uh, I think it's called Self-Taught or Not, and these two guys that I was on with, I believe it was Eric and Dylan, were talking about kind of the difference between being a self-taught programmer and uh, being like a formal kind of graduate or like getting a CS degree or doing the courses and going the traditional yeah. route. And I was curious, since I know you went through college and you did all that, do you have an opinion on that? Do you think that, you know, getting a CS degree or getting a college degree is kind of necessary in today's age? Do you think it's worth it no, versus dude. maybe doing like a boot camp or something like that? Because I know you posted some videos talking about it. I haven't watched them, but I just wanted to get yeah. your perspective. Yeah, no, dude, I think college is a load of garbage, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're charging people so much money for information. Dude, I think, honestly, I really, you know, some people people are going to disagree with me, of course, but um, I think that in the future, college isn't going to be at all like it is today. I think it's most, there's going to be way more online learning, I feel like, as technology develops and stuff like that. And then maybe there will be like facilities or places people can go up to go to meet and collaborate. But I don't see the point of paying like, it's so insane how much money some people pay for like, you know, just information that's, a, I mean, I could, you can go, you can be at a small college and I could be learning from, I could go online and learn from MIT professors for free, you know? Yeah, for sure. So it's like weird. I yeah. don't know, it's weird, dude. Hey, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I agree. Contra I, it's controversial, though. It know? is it is a very controversial topic, but I, a lot more people are talking about it now. And I do agree with you that I think in a few years we're going to see a big transition. And I think that even what's happened now with this whole coronavirus, like all this, all these schools going to online learning, I think is almost just speeding that up. I think people are realizing, hey. I don't need this classroom. I don't need this 10 grand a year to sit in a building with a professor. I can just go online and learn it myself. Uh, but yeah. I, again, that's not for everyone. My only issue with like, you know, the non-college route for some people, because I, I think you're, what you're saying is pretty much, no, you don't need it. Like if you want to be a developer, you want to do something you, college, it's not ne it's not as necessary as it has been before, is like the lack of motivation maybe. I think what college does, at least in my opinion, for some people is forces them to do something. It like forces them to do the courses that they probably wouldn't do if they weren't put in that environment. Yeah, I guess that is true, especially, I mean, it's definitely forcing you when you're going into debt, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that's interesting to think about. Yeah, that's just that's my only perspective on it because I agree with you. I think that almost everything that's being taught in university or in college, you can find online for free. I mean, information is just so abundant nowadays. It's just do you have the motivation or even the knowledge to know to go look for that? Um, so that's why I think like structured learning curriculum is good. But I think you're right. Like the amount of money and like just debt and situation people are putting themselves in to get that kind of information is not <laughs> even close to being worth it, uh, especially in 2020, right? Yeah. And I mean, dude, for in, in specifically tech, I don't think um, some people really think that the degree matters. I mean, it's definitely good. Like some jobs do require it still, but, um, you know, there's some plenty of jobs that don't. For sure, yeah. And I know, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Google recently dropped their requirement to have a college degree to work at the company. I know a lot of companies now... I don't think they even had one before. Oh, I thought they I don't. I thought they did. I'm not sure. Someone was saying something about that. That's what I heard. But anyways, I, they don't have a requirement to have a college degree. I know a lot of companies don't even care if you have a college degree or university degree. They don't even ask yeah. about it anymore. So I think as we're getting further, you know, people are realizing that it's about what skills you have, not you know Dude, where exactly. you got the skills from. 
uh, which I think is important. I think like we should definitely move towards that, especially because there's so many people that aren't fortunate enough to be able to afford or even like have the access to go to a university or college, right? That might be great developers. Yeah. And like, yeah, people that there's definitely kids, dude, there's kids in high school that are way better programmers than people that have college degrees. Oh, hundred percent. So it, you know, someone could be the best programmer um, and not have any, you know, traditional education or, um, you know, there's a lot of unconventional ways of learning this stuff. For sure. And I mean, actually what I wanted to ask you with that then, since we're kind of like in a similar age range, how, how old are you exactly again? I'm 22. 22. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 19. So we're pretty close. Um, you know, going through college, did you notice, cause I noticed personally that most of the people that I know that are in CS or in software engineering are not very good at programming. Did, did you notice that yourself as well? Or is that just maybe in my perspective? Well, I think people don't go. Yeah. I think, I think unless you're doing internships, you don't really understand it. You know, when you're in college, like you don't, you're, if you're just sticking to what college is telling you, um, that's a lot different than what's going on in industry, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's why I just, I don't know. I'm kind of confused sometimes when I see people in CS or in software engineering, they want to go get jobs at Google or Microsoft or wherever it may be. And like, they're not working on side projects. They don't program outside of school. Like they just do the bare bones minimum that's in college. And I'm like, I don't even know if you've experienced what real programming is yet. Like being on your own, solving problems, not having, you know, a, a word document telling you what problems to solve. So that's always just something interesting that I, that I see happening. Yeah, a lot of the stuff they tell you to do in college, or for me at least, it was actually, I had a hard, hard time in college because uh, the information, like while I was, I was doing internships in college and building projects and stuff, and I was like in classes, like this stuff is kind of, a lot of this is irrelevant, you know? 100%. Yeah, 100%. But, um, get it, I think getting, if you do go to a tough school and you do get like straight A's, that does say something because uh, some of that material is pretty hard, like operating systems and stuff. It is, It does get pretty tough. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of the math class, especially, I mean, if we're talking about programs like, you know, maybe a Harvard program or like MIT or Waterloo. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a little bit different. But I think for the majority of people or for the average CS grad or the average, you know, software engineering grad, that what they're being taught mostly is, you know, some of it's fundamental, but you're going to have to learn that regardless, like in the workplace, there's just so much that's missing. Right. And if they don't it do anything outside school. It doesn't show that you're a good programmer because you pass, but it could show if you get straight A's passing college, I guess it shows that you're smart. So, I mean, that's something, you know? Yeah. And, and dedicated and committed, I would say. I think that's something I noticed. Like if, if you're a graduate of any program, to me, that says like, at least you committed the four years you put in the four years of your time to finish that, which is something, right? That's worth something regardless. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so what I want to ask you next is a little bit about the big tech companies. So I've just looked through some of your videos earlier just to get an idea, but I noticed you had one that said, why I don't want to work at Fang. Um, and I was curious, I didn't watch the video, but I was curious why or why you don't want to work at a Fang company, because I think you have, right? Did you have an internship or something with some of those companies? No, I've almost worked at um, a few companies and uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I've like, I get... Um, I have like a really complicated, I don't know, dude, when I, I, my, I'm all over the place with, (laughs) um, like stuff like that, but, um, 
Yeah. Uh, wait, what was the question? What we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, no worries. I just, uh, I was looking through your channel and I saw that you had the oh, video. Why I don't want to work at Fang. And I know, like, I know you had passed some of those coding interviews. Like, I know you're good at them. I know you probably are capable of working at a company like that. Yeah. And I was just curious, like, maybe why you had that opinion. Um, yeah, like, why I you didn't want to work there. recruiters, like, messaging me. I mean, I had a message this morning asking me to, uh, inter for talking about Facebook or something like that. But, yeah. Um, I don't want to work at them. Yeah, dude, it's really like comes down to like my philosophy on like, um, like lifestyle, I guess, or whatever. There's, dude, there's just so many programmers that uh, get so intense. Uh, I don't know, dude. It's kind of like a long conversation, but um, when uh, I felt like I, at one point I was obsessed with these companies, like I was obsessed with Google, I was obsessed with, you know, the top tech companies. When you're in college, everyone's obsessed with these things. And everyone's so competitive in college and everyone in tech is so I'm smarter than you. No, I'm smarter than you. And it's all, um, I don't know. That's just, that's just how the mindset is in tech. I feel like everyone's really cutthroat and competitive, even these tech company CEOs and stuff like that. Um, and I, I got really, I was really in that environment and really obsessed with getting into these companies and doing lead code all day. I was, there was a couple of years of my life where I was coding like 10 hours a day um, and doing all of this crazy stuff in coding, like nonstop, like robotics and stuff like that and getting obsessed with it. And uh, you know, it kind of changes you as a person when you're working that hard and thinking in that kind of like mentality, I feel like. And I lost a lot of friends because I wasn't really hanging out with people as much that I used to. And like, I don't know, I feel like go I was going down a path of like trying to be the smartest person and like the best person. And it, I felt like I was getting less and less happy the more and more I was doing that. So um, I've, I've settled down right now and I'm trying to take a break and readjust my values. And I'm reaching out to like my old friends and I just have like a job locally and I'm just trying to, um, you know, work on my social life again, instead of, uh, you know, trying to be the smartest, most successful person. For sure. And I think that's what, like, that's a good realization I think to have. And I think, you know, I'm probably guilty of that. I know a lot of people that are guilty of having something like that, where you just get so dialed in on one thing, I guess for you, right. It's like the lead coding, getting into the big company, which I see really often as well from a lot of younger programmers or interns or people like that where they lose sight of other important things right it's not just about working at google it's not just about getting a job at facebook you can be yeah. equally happy working at a startup making you know 50 percent less than you can if you're just grinding every single day at google so i think that's yeah. i think that's interesting to bring up because i don't think a lot of people talk about that um how that is a very common mindset like i see that with a lot of programmers i see a lot of people on my channel commenting talking about stuff like that where they just you know like just grind so hard for one goal and then they hit it and it's like that was it like that and now i've lost all my friends now i have i just that's all i do you know i grind 14 yeah. hours a day so that's interesting that you brought that up and i mean i would say good for you for being able to realize that and having this self-awareness to be like you know i don't need that you know if i want to do that at some point i can but now i'm going to take a step back and and reset Exactly. I've, I've thought about it. And I think maybe next year, or in a couple of years, I might be interested in working at them for a period of time and seeing how it goes. But uh, yeah, right now I'm just, uh, you know, taking a chill pill. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the reason I was asking, because I wasn't sure if you had like, you know, some bias towards the companies or something happened or something like that. But I guess it's more just for you, like your own lifestyle, your own personality right now. You know, it just doesn't mesh with what you want to do. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And when people watch my video on why I don't want to work at Fang, they think I'm like, I hate the te te big tech companies. Like, no, I think that the big tech companies are awesome. And I think a lot of people at those places are awesome and they should be there. But I think that some people that maybe are like me, they work so hard, like we just talked about to get there. And then, you know, you see these people that, um, you know, all they do is code. And um, I've seen, you know, I don't, I don't like seeing people that code and work so much that they become like almost robots, you know, and, uh, you know, lose their sense of personality. For sure. And I think that comes with anything, right? I mean, I think there's, there's balance uh, in anything in life. And I guess that's what you're getting at, right? It's like, you need to be somewhat balanced. Like, you know, your friends, your family, other things you value, your hobbies are as important as, you know, just grinding for one specific thing. So that's some interesting, uh, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. So I guess that kind of leads me into the next thing I wanted to ask. And I guess you've kind of somewhat answered this almost, but in terms of big tech companies, I've always been, I don't want to say concerned, but slightly fascinated by the amount of power that these companies have, just like the sheer power that they can exercise like for example twitter youtube like these are such centralized um platforms that oh, yeah. just control so much and i'm curious in your opinion this is just something i kind of bring up you know like uh i don't know the word for it just to talk about just to you know kind of guess for the future do you think that's going to be a problem in the future that these massive huge tech companies are just growing so fast they control such a important aspect of all of our lives which is social media pretty much the internet the services that we need to run what we're doing i mean for me to be honest with you like if youtube shuts down tomorrow like i'm gonna lose my main source of income my main job uh yeah. do you think that's a problem that like we have these such centralized companies just running you know entire aspects of the internet in fact entire aspects of the world um i haven't thought too much about i mean i guess i've thought about this but um i'd like to rethink about it yeah. but um i don't know i guess i guess yeah i don't want to you know I, i'm not like a political <laughs> person or whatever yes yeah, yeah so i don't like want to take like any stance on this i don't really want to take a stance on this That's fine. but i yeah. guess just in the in the back of my head what i would be thinking is like maybe i guess it's i'm just it seems fine right now honestly and um i don't know i just wouldn't think about it too much deeper than that because there is really no use because it really is out of our control at this point i guess yeah i mean i think that's a fair like stance to take on it i mean i know you said you don't want to take a stance but like a neutral stance is a stance regardless for me yeah. the reason i like to think about it sometimes is just because i just see like you know not in a political sense just the amount of power that a centralized organization like that really has in a world like today where so much of our lives is run through social media it's run through these platforms and even yeah. minor changes like for example instagram taking away the likes causes like massive outrages uh in the public it's just something that's interesting to me because obviously these organizations i mean they are slightly regulated by the government but at the end of the day they can kind of do what they want when it comes to you know if they want to ban someone if they want to do something like that so it's just something i like to you know bring up yeah. and discuss because i, I think it's like well that they control it or the government controls exactly it, you know? someone's going to control something. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, the, uh, the main thing is just, I guess that's going to be, it's just going to be more and more on the internet until, you know, everything's like the internet basically eventually probably. And then, um, yeah, they can, can kind of control information. So that's a little bit scary, but, um, 
yeah, nothing we can do about it, honestly. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's very true. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to me, especially the, when I really started thinking about it, it was when they had that, uh, the Zuckerberg trial or whatever, like the one with Facebook, all the ad stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cambridge Analytica. Like I watched a documentary on it or whatever. And I was like, this is really interesting. Like the amount of power that some of these companies have, it's just, you know, an interesting yeah, thing I'm to consider. For- I am happy that like some of the leaders are kind of cool. I, I like Elon Musk and like Bill Gates and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there's some, one of the people that I'm, what, I, what we we're talking about earlier with the success and work hard until you die. That's who Zuckerberg reminds me of, you know, he's like a straight, he's like a robot dude, you know? Yeah. So, what about Bezos? <laughs> yeah. Bezos. I don't, I haven't like looked into him that much or like listened to him that much. I don't really know enough about him. I see something. I mean, some of the things I see he does good. And then some of the things I see he's like a monster. So I don't know. I don't have like a, um, seems like a lot of mixed opinions. I don't know anything about him really. I don't yeah, know enough. I'm with you. I don't know that much about Bezos either. I just hear, you know, the random news things. Like I try not to make judgments on those guys. Cause I really don't know enough about them to yeah. do that. It's just like, you know, whatever's on the news. But anyway, Elon Musk, I, I, uh, I think he's cool though. I watch a lot of his stuff. Yeah, Elon Musk is sweet. I mean, I think like his kind of mission, at least what it seems to me, like trying to further humankind, like just with all of his products and companies, is really motivational yeah. to be honest. And I think like a lot more people in the high tech space or that have that capability, I don't know necessarily if they should do that, but they should at least consider like you know teaming up with him or something like that, looking at what he's trying to do. Um, yeah, he's super nice. It seems like and like good at heart. Yeah, he just seems like a chill guy, and he does, like, he goes on all these podcasts, like, he's very open, like, he's not, doesn't seem secretive to me, like, he's pretty transparent on what he's trying to do, and uh, I just appreciate that from someone who's, you know, such a, I don't want to call an icon, but just such, like, a role model or such, just someone in the public eye that everyone's looking at, right? Yeah, and he's doing the Tesla, like, ventilators right now, I think. Yeah, exactly, I watched that little video where they're, like, repurposing car parts to create the ventilators, which, again, is just an awesome thing. Great. Okay. So what I wanted to get in now, which I think is more of your kind of expertise is whiteboarding interviews. Um, so I just want to ask like, what, what's your experience with whiteboarding interviews? So specifically coding questions, right? Like, have you gotten design questions? Do you get like the standard leak code questions? Like, is it different among companies? I know for me, when I went to my Microsoft interview, the questions I got asked were a little bit different than kind of what I was expecting. And I was just curious if, you know, what we hear on the internet, that it's just going to be leak code mediums is kind of standard in your experience, if that's what you, you've experienced at your interviews. Yeah, dude, I try and tell everyone, like, I mean, you're the person that gives you, the person that interviews you, they can give you whatever you want every single time, pretty much. So, um, you know, that person gets to choose whatever question they want to give you. So you could get unlucky sometimes, you can get lucky sometimes. Um, I've, I've interviewed, I've actually interviewed it. I don't even know at least probably a hundred different companies, like real interviews. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like a lot of companies. I, when I apply to jobs, I try and tell people this, my, go on my LinkedIn. My applied count will be over a thousand every single time I apply to over a thousand jobs, at least probably 2000 jobs whenever I'm applying to a position. Cause even if it's a bad company and I don't want to work at the companies, They'll call me. I'll do the phone interviews. I'll interview with companies I don't even want to work at just to practice my interview skills. So I've interviewed and I want to see like what companies are given. So um, I've done a mil- I've done like a ton of interviews, different companies, small, smaller companies like web dev things. I've had, you know, react things where they, you know, have you code like little, um, you know, react projects like drop down menus and like little 
um, UI, UX things and stuff like that. Uh, and there's no algorithms at all. And I've had, um, you know, the serious ones where you get like lead code algorithm questions. I've had some where I go on site and then you don't even whiteboard. You do like a hacker rank on a laptop just in front of the person, you know? So there, are, it's different at every single company, I think. Wow, that's uh, that's insightful. I mean, personally, I've only done two like in-person coding interviews. So that's to hear that you've done like hundreds. Wow. Um, and I guess that's true, right? Like even the two that I did were different than kind of what I was expecting. It's just, I feel like on the internet, like, cause I was doing quite a bit of research before my interviews, like trying to make sure I was really prepared and had a good idea what was coming. There's just so, there's, it can be completely different. I think you just genuinely have to be a good programmer who programs a lot to make sure that you're prepared for interviews like that. There's not really a way to fake it because you just don't really know what you're going to get or what to expect, at least from what I just got from you. Yeah. I, I do think at the, uh, the top tech company at the top level, there is a little bit more of a standard process where you're probably going to get algorithms. Um, and you, there's a good chance that if you do do a lot of lead code, uh, you're going to get that pattern recognition and uh, understanding of algorithms to the point where when you get a question, you're going to have like some idea of what to do. So at the, if you're really going for those main top tech companies, doing lead code and algorithms is going to help you out in the long run. And uh, I mean, you do get algorithm questions at like a lot of companies. So um, doing algorithms uh, on those websites is going to help you out in, for interviewing. But, you know, I've had, I do have, um, you know, there are companies where I think I'm going to get algorithms and they're legit companies. And I'm like, Oh, I'm probably going to get algorithms. And uh, like you said, it could be different. Like they'll have you implement some kind of class that does something um, that has nothing to do with algorithms, but it's just like a class in Java that might do something specific or whatever. And time complexity doesn't even matter. Yeah. So at Microsoft, what I had was my second question was like a design question. It was like a design minesweeper with like a class based system. Uh, I think those questions are interesting as well. And a lot of people don't expect or prepare for them, which I think is strange almost because I mm -hmm. think the design questions, maybe you can talk to this because you've done so many almost are more insightful sometimes than the algorithm questions because you can't just straight up memorize uh, like, yeah, you can memorize design patterns. Sure. But you can't just memorize the way like one specific design question because they're so vague and there's so many different ways to do them uh, and you don't know what you're going to get asked to design. So for me, like I had that uh, at Microsoft for Shopify when I interviewed there, I had a design question as well. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't prep for those. I mean, maybe you can speak to that. So you've had some design stuff. Like, do you find those ones as valuable as the uh, algorithm ones? Or are they different? Are they hard or whatnot? Yeah, those ones are just, I mean, I definitely think they're prob. I guess it depends on the question. Everything kind of depends on the question, I guess. But um, yeah, some of those can be really easy. Some of those can be really hard. Sometimes you have, sometimes I have disagreements. I've had disagreements in interviews um, with the people too. So um of like how I would do something. So So they've it, said like you should implement they think this is a better implementation. You've been like actually I disagree. I think this one's better. Yeah, which is bad. I would say definitely don't do that. You basically <laughs> just have to like side with them if yeah. you really want to get the position, but um yeah, I don't know. I think they are just as valuable. I mean, that information's just as good. Um I yeah, I think you need to definitely I think one thing that will help you understand programming just at a fundamental level. And for, um, you need to build a full stack, you know, web app or something like that. And, uh, you know, work with APIs in a front end or something like that to get like a kind of an understanding on, um, how, um, a system works or whatever. 
For sure. I would agree with that 100%. That's the number one thing I tell anyone who's just learning to program. I'm like, please, please, please practice on your own, like work on your own projects, like do something where you're not just watching a YouTube tutorial because the only way you really get good at programming is you get the skills from the YouTube tutorial or whatever it is, and then you apply them in your own project or own uh, Yeah, I feel system. like a lot of people, they do in college and stuff like that, they do like large projects in like Python with like files or like C with like files, but they never do, um, yeah, they don't understand how, um, you know, like API, when they never even use an API or anything like that, you know? Like real world like application, yeah. Database, I mean, I guess you do databases, but... I don't know, like making every all the parts up together and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think that's even if you're not like looking to be like a front end developer or something like that, just at least understanding that like, okay, we have the back end, we have the front end, this is how it connects, like this is the calls between them, gives you such a better understanding that just, you know, translates to every single level, like any kind of programming task that you're doing. Um okay, so the next question I want to ask you kind of goes with that one, but do you think that program so there's this debate right some people are like well why do i have to reverse a linked list if i'm going to be you know creating like a react app or something like why why am i getting asked these programming questions like it's not relevant to the job do you think that they're reasonable like do you think it's reasonable to have people answer these questions do you think it's an effective measure of you know measuring a candidate's ability to be good on the job would you if you had a tech company today would you be asking people programming questions when you're interviewing them huh I mean, I don't know. I I I guess it depends. I mean, if I was um I I I I think I've read, I don't know. I I don't know for sure actually, but there's definitely probably studies on this at Google and stuff like that where maybe the preparation and getting your mind to understand the algorithms means something about your cognitive ability or something like that. That might be a thing. I don't know. I think I might have read that somewhere. So maybe that's why some of these companies do it. Uh, I've even had IQ tests. Uh, I think Amazon gives really? like an IQ test or whatever for the online assessment. Um, and I've had IQ tests at a bunch of other companies. So I don't know if they're worried about cognitive ability or something like that. I don't think it necessarily translates over. Um, knowing about the algorithms, I guess when you're implementing stuff in code, maybe it could come up once in a while with some of the stuff you learn and knowing about data structures is definitely good. Like how to manipulate and use data structures. I think doing the, the algorithms will help you, you know, fully understand data structures a little bit better, but um, no, if I was going to start a company and it w- for a startup, I definitely don't think you need to be asking algorithms like startups. If you're just trying to build stuff, you're going to want to ask more, um about projects and have maybe know where their skills are at like actually getting stuff up and running i think that's a good point yeah i think that's where a lot of people go wrong like they're like well why do i have to answer these programming questions I'm like i think it really depends on what job you're going for i mean yeah i think you're right if a startup is asking you to like reverse a linked list and then they're telling you like hey build a full stack web app in like seven days like that's a little bit you know doesn't really make sense to me like i agree with you they should be asking about projects see how well you can actually implement something and get something done but i think for the big tech companies maybe you'd agree that they've found that for them the best you know way of determining someone's ability is by doing these kind of programming questions and i think there's some really smart people so i'm assuming they must have done some kind of study on that yeah i would assume they have so much data right like they have thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people applying and interviewing at their company every year so i'm sure they know what they're doing it just 
I don't know. I always like to ask because it's such an interesting debate. Like I, a lot of people just get so upset that they have to answer those questions or they're like, oh, this is stupid. Like, you know, I'm not never going to do this in the real job. But I think, I think what you were saying is right. It definitely just tells probably about cognitive ability or if you can do this, you'll be able to do what I, whatever else they're expecting from you. So, yeah. And it does do to translates like really the, it solidifies the fundamentals of algorithms and data structures when you have to do all these problems over and over. Yeah, that's very true. And I found like when I was doing it, because before, before I got this interview at Microsoft, which I'm going to be joining there in the summer, I didn't even uh, like, I didn't know this was a thing. Like I didn't know leak code existed. I'm going to be honest. I, I had no idea this was like a big thing that like, you know, you got to ask these algorithm questions that like people are just grinding like thousands of leak code questions before they go to uh, their interview. And then I found your video um, on how to use a leak code effectively or something. And that yeah. really helped me. I was like, okay damn like this is actually like what leak code is meant to be used for like this is how i study for a thing like this i use clements algo expert thing right um stuff like that but i didn't even realize that was like a big deal but that's such a huge thing now and like i think a lot of cs students as well don't even know that like most of my cs students like they want to go for internships don't even know <laughs> sorry go ahead I mean, they need like what you're saying. They need to tell you that, like they need to make that more clear. Cause I do think, yeah, even me, like th I was in like my junior year of college and I started, uh, or no, maybe sophomore. And I was, um, interviewing at like places like TripAdvisor and stuff like that. And they started asking me these algorithm questions. I was like, what, wait, what is going on? <laughs> this is how you do this? And, uh, yeah, they don't make that like very clear that it's like all algorithms at a lot of these, uh, companies. Yeah, I just I didn't even realize like what a niche there was like there's literally like programming channels like just like things on the internet dedicated to teaching you how to like ace these uh these interviews I didn't realize it was such a big like I don't know I won't even say business opportunity right like people are like coaching you on how to get a job at Amazon and stuff like that which you know I don't really have an opinion on but it, I just was interesting when I came across that aspect of like the tech side and I saw that wow like all these students all they're doing all day is literally preparing for an interview at Google or preparing for an interview at Amazon. And that goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, right? Where it's just people fall into this like little hole. They get so good at algorithms and data structures uh, and just grind that like all day, which is, which is interesting. All right. So now that we talked about that a little bit, uh, I want to talk a bit about YouTube because we're both YouTubers, we're both a similar age. I mean, I just want to see how you got started on YouTube. Like what was your, I'll tell you my story after, but like, how did you get onto the platform? Did you have like a smaller YouTube channel before? Was this something you wanted to do? Um, just, yeah. you know, talk about that. Yeah, I used to do social media stuff um, way long ago, like 2014, 20, 2013, 2014. I did like some social media. I had like some really good social media on like Twitter and Instagram. And then for some reason, I deleted all of my stuff. Like I was, I had like a lot of, like just as many as I do now. Yeah. Um, and I deleted everything. And then I don't, I don't know why I did that, but I did that for some reason. And then it became like this big thing, like randomly just after I deleted it. Um, and then I interviewed, I, then I worked, I interned at Barstool Sports, uh, which is like a media company. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cool company. How was that? That was pretty fun. Um, I got to work, you know, I got to work with all the people, all the uh, social media people. I was there at like the beginning kind of when they were in like their old office. So I was like with everyone and got to talk to all those people and some of the like main people I was um, in the same intern classes or whatever. But um, 
yeah, they were all like about social media there, like so much, like the whole day, like everything's social media, everything's filmed, the whole office is really? filmed. Wow. And uh, that was when I was like, dang, this is like, I need to get like do social media again, you know? So I've remade everything and I started doing it again there. And I was like, how can I build myself up? Cause I wasn't in the same place in my life. I was like doing coding now. Yeah. I was like, I have to not do, I can't just do stuff that's like funny or edgy or stuff, stuff like that. Like, because then I might not be able to get a job in tech. Um, if you go to overboard and do something that makes you look dumb on social media, which is one way to be successful. But, um, and that's like one of the only other things I could do. So I was like, I have to maybe do like something tech related so that, you know, I'm not going to ruin my employment opportunities but I can also build myself back up, you know? For sure. I think that's, yeah, it's an interesting uh, consideration, I guess. Because I, I mean, I, d I didn't know what your social media was before, but from watching some of your videos, I mean, clearly you have a little aspect of comedy, like you're funny, like you entertain. Um, but that is interesting to consider. Like if you're like a comic or you do like those kind of videos, but you're in high tech or you're in like a more professional field that might hinder you uh, having a social media like that rather than kind of combining it, which is what I feel like you've almost done. Uh, yeah. And having like, the tech with the entertainment side of it so yeah yeah that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to switch over to uh make stuff a little bit more entertaining but uh because that's what i used to like yeah. doing yeah for sure well anyways i don't know i liked some of the videos i, I watched that what what was it i saw the code babes one that was hilarious man the yeah, uh, <laughs> really i can't believe that's a youtube channel that's actually <laughs> ridiculous to me but ah anyways all right so um oh yeah but what about you yeah, my YouTube, so my YouTube adventure story or whatever was interesting. I mean, like, I've told this so many times, but the uh, the basics was, like, when I was younger, like, 13, 14, like, I used to play a ton of Minecraft. Like, I was so into Minecraft. Like, I ran a Minecraft server, and I think at some point, like, I started posting random, like, Minecraft tutorial videos, like, how to make a TNT cannon, how to, like, do a redstone clock, I don't know, something like that. Uh, so I'd always just been, like, interested in, like, posting videos and just, like, doing tutorials and stuff like that online. So I posted yeah. a few of those, you know, they were up for whatever, got like a few hundred views and then just deleted them. And then I guess I started posting like crypto mining stuff. So, you know, cryptocurrency, right? When, how old are you when you're doing So this, this is like, so when I was 14, I was posting, um, sorry, this is a really messed up story now. When I was 14, I was posting the Minecraft stuff, uh, on actually this channel, like this tech with Tim channel used to have those Minecraft, uh, tutorials on it. Dude, mine, I just downloaded Minecraft yesterday. Oh yeah. Have you not played before <laughs> or you just redownload? No, I never played it, but I do the Minecraft videos get views. So I, I have like a second <laughs> now and I, uh, I filmed the video yesterday. For Dude, it. that's sweet. That's sweet, man. I've Minecraft is an amazing video game. It's never going to die. Like it's just such a yeah. great game. I love playing it even now. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So I did that. So like I had saw. The point was I had posted videos on YouTube before when I was younger. So it was always something that I had like thought about. Um, and then as I got older, like I got more into programming, more into tech, like I was back then as well, but just much more into it. And kind of what stemmed for me to start actually posting like Python tutorial videos, which is when Tech with Tim kind of really started, was when I worked at a summer camp. So when I was working at a summer camp as a camp counselor and one year the director said, hey, is there anyone that would be interested in running a coding specialty? And I was like pretty good at coding. Like I'd done well in high school. I really enjoyed it. So I was like, sure, like I'd be interested in doing that. So I came up with some curriculum. Keep in mind this when I'm like 15, 16 and uh, just was going to implement that the next year. Sorry. Yeah, it was dope. It was uh, it's cool. Like I ran that for three years. Like I'll talk about that as we go through. 
But uh, so that started. And for me, I was like, you know what? I have all this stuff that I'm going to be teaching the kids. I'm going to teach them basic Python. That was the curriculum. It was revolved around teaching basic Python so that they could develop their own choose-your-own-adventure game at the end of the week in Python. So I wanted to teach real programming, not like scratch programming or drag and drop or anything like that. Yeah. And I was like, I want to put some videos online so that the kids, when they come home, they can learn from them. Like they, if they want to do more after the specialty, if they're really into it, like they can go through all the basics of Python. So I posted like a 20 video Python tutorial series on the channel. Um, this was not meant to be like, I wasn't into social media. I've never really been like a guy for entertainment. I've always just been more like informational, like knowledge, logic, stuff like that. And I got uh, some great feedback from random people on my YouTube videos. So like, you know, every day I'd get like one or two comments and someone would be like, oh, this is awesome. Like post the next one. So that just like kept me going and I just kept posting some random tutorial videos. So like the channel started out with like random Python tutorials, completely random. Like I do one month where I post like 30 and then like three months where I post nothing. And then yeah. I would post like some random cryptocurrency tutorials because I was really into like trading and mining crypto when I was younger. Uh, and then nothing and then it was just so sporadic and then I had like one video that did really well that was like a crypto mining video and it kind of was like damn like I could actually like do this I could like post YouTube videos um, this seems like reasonable like I'm, I'm not trying to make money but like you know people like the stuff that I'm posting so let's do it so just got more into it people started liking my Python stuff a lot it started getting more views so I just moved into that and then this is when I'm like in high school so when I'm like 16 17 like probably grade 12 yeah, I know it was it for me. It was like I really wish I remembered it more. But again, like it was just when I was younger, like it's hard to really remember how I got into it and the whole thing because it was so random and all over the place and took such a long time to really take off. But then I had like a thousand subscribers, like 2000 subscribers or something when I got into first year. And then I was like, OK, I really want to uh, to do this. I was like, I'm spending so much of my time just wasting it. Like I'm playing Fortnite every night. I'm like watching stupid YouTube videos that aren't useful. I'm like, let's do something meaningful. So I just had a change in mindset. And I was like, I have this YouTube channel that has like 2000 subscribers. I've like built it up. It has like a hundred videos. Let's start posting more on there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to post a video every day. Like I just had this crazy, this like change in mindset. Like I want to get motivated. Sorry. Every day? Yeah, every day. So literally for, I just went zero to a hundred, like real fast. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to wake up at 5.30 a.m. every morning and post a YouTube video. So it's that, exhausting, dude. Every day is tough. Every day is tough. But for me, man, I was just like such an absolute like machine. Like I can't describe like my, no, dude, when I look at you, um, or hear you talk yeah. or watch videos, you do, um, yeah, you're like, you, uh, you work hard i can tell you know yeah yeah that's so. just for me at this point it's just like i'm just wired to do that like it's i feel bad if i'm not working hard and that's just me like it's not you know a bad thing in my mind like i love it like i love working like i am upset when i'm not doing work um like genuinely the definition of a workaholic but i just was like you know what let's just start doing this and that was before i worked that hard like yeah i worked hard when i was in high school and stuff but not like crazy hard um, and then I had this change in mindset and I woke up at 5:30 every morning, went to bed at like 10, 30, 10, 11, something like that. Uh, and just posted YouTube videos in the morning, did my school. And then I took like the nights off, like from seven to like whenever I went to bed, like I would just have to myself or with friends or whatever. Like I would go out on the weekends, do stuff like that. But I was just so addicted to like getting stuff done and just working hard. And for me, like it just motivated me so much. Like every time I post a video and I got like a few comments saying, Hey, you're doing a really good job. Uh, 
and I just that's how Tech with Tim started. It was literally just yeah. first year in my dorm, just got motivated, you know, watched a few Gary V videos, uh, woke up at 5:30 a.m. and then just fell in love with doing that. And you know, that's what I'm doing today. And like, I'm just doing as much as I can, just because I love doing that. So, yeah, the um, I definitely see like um, yeah, you you have. I've definitely had your work ethic before. So I see like um, your personality is like similar to part of my personality. Um, but you're just like a healthier version of that. Mine is, <laughs> I get a little bit toxic when I'm doing uh, that much stuff. But um, the, that's good, dude. Um, the, yeah, that's good. What, dude, I had like some thoughts. Oh, dude, what I was going to say is um, the, yeah, the likes in the comments, they can be like, I, mean, I, I just started getting like kind of good, decent views. Yeah. Kind of addicting, dude. Like, I like, I get like, a, when you post the video, I get like a rush a little bit. Dude, 100%. I mean, I still feel that today. Like, I know that it's definitely like uh, the only nice thing is for my channel, at least. I don't know about yours, but I would assume it's similar. Like, 99.9% .9 of the comments are positive. Like, there's, it's very rarely that I get like a really negative comment um or like a, a comment that just like you know ruins my day or something like that so that's yeah. why but i can see like that addiction like you know like i used to literally go on my phone and like be upset when like someone would comment like something bad about my video like i would be like oh crap like i would think about it so much but then you just kind of get to the point where like okay if almost every single person watching likes the content um he's giving you a positive content like these few people that are giving you a negative one it says a lot more about them posting that comment than it does about you right so yeah. definitely still feel them like you know when you get like a super negative comment on youtube some people think like oh he's a creator gets so many he just forgets about it like maybe you can relate like i definitely feel that like if i read a comment and it's like just super negative like for a few seconds i'm like damn it like okay like that's really what they think and then i kind of have to be like nah it's, it doesn't matter like it's just some random internet troll anyways yeah i think your channel is probably more a little more positive than mine um my um i'd say like i get like 95 percent yeah. positive i get like I get decent amount of um, weird or like bad comments though, but um, I don't know. I kind of think they're funny a little bit. Uh, some people might, I guess, I guess if it's like serious, if it's about an algorithm video or something, yeah, it's like okay, this was a bad video, and then I get like half dislikes. I'm like, okay, well, that was a bad video. Uh, that I feel bad or whatever for wasting people's yeah. time. But um, no, when people comment like bad stuff, dude, I think it's funny um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm with you i think some of it's funny like some of the stuff i read i'm like laughing but i the thing is most of my videos are like what you just described right or like oh, tutorial yeah. videos so that's why it's like when i get a comment someone's like you're an idiot well like, okay you're an idiot it's not really that meaningful to me but if i have like someone who like typed out like a paragraph and it was like really negative about like how bad it was i'm like damn it i'm like really was it that bad i'm like i thought i did a decent job no, but, i'll do the yeah. paragraphs i like <laughs> dude i'm like crying laughing <laughs> someone will write like an essay and i the best thing you could do if they're like really going in on you, just don't respond, you know? Yeah, I know. I did. I fall into that trap. I got to be better. I respond to way too many comments that are negative, but it's just, it's genuinely because sometimes I want to not only defend myself, but just understand where like all the hate's coming from. I just want to be like, is there any way that I can get something positive from this where I can like get some constructive feedback? Because the negative comments are important. Like you want to understand like if you're making mistakes so that you can improve. But the way that some people phrase them, I'm just like, really? Like that was not constructive in any any sense. Yeah, I don't even see, I just think, I don't even see them as constructive. I, th I think you... You're, you're 19, so I'm a few years older. When I was 19, 
you you definitely have yourself a little bit more like way more together than me when I was 19 but um when I was 19 I wasn't fully confident and a hundred percent one hundred like a hundred percent sure of like who I am yeah it took me until I was like probably even just last year I would say I've since then I'm a hundred percent confident who I am and I think I'm gonna be um you know, this way the rest of my life and have these thoughts, my mindset, the rest of my life. Um, you might be there right now or whatever, yeah. but when people comment stuff like that. Usually when you read it, it's like, I don't know. Some people I think don't understand the world or whatever, and they just don't understand, or maybe, well, you, you have like technical questions. So I guess it's a little bit different. I get like a lot of people that say things to me a lot that I'm just like, I don't think you understand. Um, Lack of perspective. Is what yeah. I usually say. It's another perspective, but some perspectives are, I think they're like, I mean, I guess no one's wrong, but some people I think are wrong. No, sorry. I said a uh, lack of perspective. Like, I think they're lacking oh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's no, I, I'm with you. I, some people comment some stuff and they just so, I don't want to say ignorant, but it's just so like, it doesn't consider any other perspective other than their own. And I'm like, okay, like that, that's fine. Like you're allowed to have that opinion, but like at least consider the fact that like maybe someone might disagree with you or something like that, right? So Yeah, or they just don't, um, I just I just think they don't get, you know, you just, you get it or you don't get it. And they, yep. a lot of people that comment, they don't get it. You yeah, know? So I would agree with that 100%. I just ignore it. And when someone spends, if someone's going to write, screw you, dude, you're an idiot. This guy doesn't know anything. Everyone stop listening to this person, blah, blah, blah. For like, you know, um, they're spending 10, 15 minutes writing this thing out and then you don't respond. It's like, okay, dude, you know, <laughs> you just wait 15 minutes. Oh yeah, exactly. No, that's sometimes you look at them and you're just like, was there, and like, what was the point of this? Like you just like, you're wasting your own time. If they write, if they spend 15 minutes writing something that nobody responds to or reads. Yeah, no, I'm with that. All right. Well, uh, last question I had just, I guess on YouTube, cause we're kind of talking about YouTube, social media, what has your YouTube channel done for you? Like, I'm curious, like, what would you say the biggest impacts or like positive benefits, maybe negative as well. I don't know if you have any, um, from your YouTube channel that you've gotten. I'm in the midst of, um, my channel, like growth right now, I feel yeah. like. So, um, it's not really fully there yet, but I'm starting to see how it would. I mean, people definitely like my, you know, people from like high school and my friends, they know about it now. I really, I kept it a secret for like a long time, but, um, now I'm like telling people I have it. So people think it's cool. Um, you know, people on like people message me and stuff like that saying thanks. And uh, they watch the video, which I mean, that's good. And I like to talk to new people and yeah, I guess, I guess I've made friends and talked to people from it. So I guess socially it's pretty cool, but I could see where it's headed. Um, and I think that's going to be a lot cooler, like somewhere around, I, I can imagine like where your channel is. Yeah. It's probably really cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll talk about for me, cause I think, um, you'll relate to this, like what the channel's done for me. Cause I just, am curious, like at different sizes, cause as long, as much as 50 K wasn't that long ago, in my mind, it's like so long ago, just cause like things happen so fast and on YouTube, maybe you can relate to this, like perspective changes so quickly. It's hard to remember what you were thinking about at a smaller number and like it's just so artificial like for me when I was at 
you know, a few thousand subscribers. Like if I got a few hundred views on a video in the first day, like I would go crazy. Like that was like awesome. Like I was so excited. I was really happy about it. Like if I gained like 10 subscribers in a day, I'd be like, that's awesome. And now it's really, it's difficult because I remember those moments, but now I'm like, if I got 10 subscribers today, like I'm not saying I'd be like mad about it or upset about it, but I would just be like, like what? Like that's nothing. Like that's such a small number. Like perspective just changes so quickly when yeah, you're- you'd be mad dude 10 yeah well no but i that's just what i mean right like it, it goes so quickly from a few months being like oh yeah i just want like a thousand views to then being like i need this video to get like 200k otherwise it wasn't even worth my time right yeah. like so i don't know that's something for me that was always like somewhat challenging was i just just like yeah, i don't want to lose sight of the fact that even though the video doesn't do as well or it gets less likes or less comments like it's still benefiting someone and that was the objective of my channel anyways right was just to help people to teach them how to code and i think a lot of youtubers as they get bigger and bigger and bigger they forget what you know they kind of lose sight of that when they were smaller what their goal was what their objective was and they just go based off the numbers right yeah yeah it is uh yeah it's interesting um yeah, I never really had that objective to like help people. Yeah, I, I'm happy that it does help people. I mean, people message me; they get into like Google and stuff and Facebook because of they watch my videos to prepare or whatever. And I'm like, dude, that's uh, you know, I I didn't even work at Google, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, um, the dude, I keep losing my train of thought. <laughs> don't worry, man. We're talking about so many different things. It's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Um, what what I was saying before, I'll, we'll just go back. Um, since you lost the train of thought, like at least for me, what YouTube has really done has allowed me to just become like so much more self aware, um, and better at communicating. Honestly, like that's the number one benefit that I always say. Being able to watch yourself back oh, every day sure. on video just gives you so much perspective into like who you really are, because you're you're getting to self reflect constantly right and being able to communicate with such a wider audience like you just understand hey like it's not just you know my friend watching me it's like this guy from around the world like i gotta make sure that what i'm saying i can communicate effectively with everyone that's what's helped me a ton you know what i know what it is know what it is i think i think that people on youtube or people that do youtube are um i don't know if this is similar for you but like i don't know i have a tough time um you know, getting, I don't know, dude, I do have a tough time getting along with, um, people like in general or like forming connections yeah. and like, being interested in having friendships with like, you know, just random people that just, I don't even know what they do. They go to school and then they, um, I don't know. They just, I need to like, always, I think people that do hard, like, like to work, um, or like to do cool things and, um, they do YouTube because then you can, you know, you can always do stuff and then you get to connect with more people that like to do cool things and, uh, work on cool projects and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? I think what you're getting at is like, if you, at least for me, this is my perspective. It's difficult in my life, at least to surround myself around people that have the same like goals and ambitions that I do or the exactly, same, right? Dude, yeah. Yeah, and th that's what it sounds a lot like to me that you're saying. And with through YouTube and through content, you can reach millions of people. It doesn't even have to be millions of people. You can reach people that you would never get to talk to before that are taking the time to sit down and watch your video. And like, I have a Discord server. Like, I have a Twitter. Like, I get DMs all the time. Like, that is invaluable to me being able to like even this conversation right like it when in what other world would we be talking right now if we both didn't have youtube channels probably exactly. not, right 
though this conversation is going well and we get along and we understand each other. But if I went and talked to my friend from high school and I started talking about all this stuff, he would not care, you know? Exactly. For sure. So it gives us like a platform to connect with other people that are like, you know, like-minded and, uh, you know, have, have these, yeah, like you said, like certain goals and stuff. Yeah, give us these goals, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. That's why, like, I encourage people to start a YouTube channel, not because I want them to, you know, be the next millionaire on YouTube or be famous or something like that, because I want them to understand what it's like to connect with the community of people that are so similar to you, right? And have, like, similar goals, and you can go in and talk with them about what we're talking about right now, and it's not a weird conversation. Like, I, I'm with you, like... I don't think it's bad to be friends with people that have, you know, different perspectives or different opinions. I think that's really valuable. But at the same time, I think you want to surround yourself with some people, at least, that are similar to you, right? That you can have these meaningful conversations with. And to be honest, like, that's why I started this podcast, because I want to have conversations like this. Like, I want to talk to people that are similar to me. And I just want to hear, like, some different perspectives and talk with people that I would never get to talk to you before. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my view on that. All right, so the last question I want to ask you before we end it off um, is what are your favorite side projects to work on? So on like a, maybe a more happier note, I don't know, um, programming projects. Like personally for me, I really like making games. Like I really like making 2D games. Like they're not very useful. They're just fun. Like I like sitting down and for a few hours and coding like little pie games, like some fun, you know, Atari games, stuff like that. But I'm curious for you, like what is your like if you had to pick something to code right now or like, a side project you want to work on, what would it be? side project uh anything yeah. just like a coding project in general right for coding um yeah dude I, i've tried to start a bunch of different companies but it's like so exhausting um doing all that stuff so i i've i've really always wanted to like start like um a company and uh I've, i actually did have a successful company that was pretty that was doing well like last summer um doing like web development and app development and stuff like that under an LLC with like one other person that we were doing it. Um, but for, for fun, I, I've built, I've built some games. I built, I like web sockets. Okay. Uh, do you ever use those? Yeah. Yeah. I've used them like once or twice in a few projects. Those are pretty cool. Cause like, it's pretty powerful. The uh, real time like stuff you can do with them, you know? Yeah. I was using, I was messing with flask web sockets for like a chat app and it's pretty like, it's pretty plug and play too. It's not very difficult to get them up and running mm -hmm. uh, efficiently. And you so. can do way cooler stuff too. You can do like drawing and uh, you know, you can make like card, you can make games and stuff with like web sockets. Yeah. Web sockets are, yeah, that's, that's actually good. Uh, Yeah. I might have to experiment more with those. Cause if I want to make some like games that are more web-based rather than like desktop application i guess websockets is a good like interactive lifetime game framework to use so it is really cool yeah yeah nice all right so nick with that i think we're gonna leave it here i'll give you one last chance where can everyone find your stuff like you want to plug some stuff like youtube channel twitter whatnot before we head off uh nick type nick white on youtube i, th I think i should be the <laughs> person Awesome. All right, Nick, thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is a good episode. I had a good time and hopefully I'll have you on again uh, for another podcast. Yeah, dude, I'd love to come on again. I got like so much stuff to <laughs> we could talk about. For sure, more. man. We could talk all day. All right. Take it easy, man. Thanks again. Yeah, no problem. See ya.